Hey, Liberty Hill people. It is uh, great to be back here with you. Uh, I was privileged to be able to get to help launch this thing way back when and kind of behind the scenes. So it's great to, to see you and I'm glad to be with you today. But even more, I'm glad that you did whatever you needed to do to be here today, whether you're a regular among us uh, or whether you're visiting from out of town. I know some of you are here seeing your families. Either way, welcome. We're glad you're here. Two quick things I want to tell you about. Number one, if you are a guest with us, a member of our serve team would love to connect with you following the service out at our guest suite in the commons there as you walk in and help you learn what your next step could be here in our vintage family. We'd love to uh, talk to you more about that. And since I know the holidays can be kind of crazy, more on that in just a second, let me encourage you if you haven't to download our Vintage Church app. Now, some of you maybe haven't progressed that far, but there's a lot of information in that app. It's a great way to keep up with what's going on in the church. You can give there financially. You can take message notes. There's all sorts of stuff that you can do there and really stay connected in the next month or so, especially when things get a little nutty as they will. I'm telling you, and you know this, Becoming disconnected during the holidays is pretty easy, isn't it? Anybody feel frazzled today just from Thanksgiving? Mm-hmm. If your family's with you, you don't have to raise your hand. I get it. I understand. <laughs> That's right. Uh, there's something about the fact that life's already busy enough, and then you compound that with the holidays and all the extra stuff and the decorations that you normally don't have on your house or in your house right? Something else going on. And then you put the holidays on top of it and man, it can feel rough, can't it? In fact, I've got a little, uh, little stimulation thing for you today. I want you to raise your hand if any of these extras cause you stress. Take a look at these. Look at this first one. Traffic. I mean, y'all are like, I live in Liberty Hill. Where did all these people come from, right? And why are they on my path? Nobody else is supposed to be on this route besides me. How about this next one? Take a look at this one. Woo, preach moms, right? Or caregivers. You're there trying to shop and your baby wants every puffy, creamy, dreamy cereal thing that you go past and you're like, baby, you better hope I just get detergent to clean your stinky socks. Uh. How about this one? Look at this next one. Oh, yeah, you know, Amazon's lethal because then when we go out into real stores and we plop the real plastic out or we're trying to treat our friends or family that come in, wham. And that's not only stressful, it's embarrassing, isn't it? You're like, honey, did you use the card again? What about this one? Mm-hmm. Work deadlines. And they don't seem to care that you got places to be that you got all this extra stuff going on that you're trying to get to see your family or your kid's ball game schedule in the middle of everything else and you're in a hurry and you're trying to get there, doesn't matter. You need to get all those things done. And then what about this one? Hanging out with the in-laws. Come on, just look right here. Don't say anything. Uh-uh. But it's difficult, isn't it? When someone else who normally isn't in your space is sharing your space or you're sharing theirs and you get out of bed and you got to get fully dressed before you come out, you feel like you got to get all fixed up. That's not how we normally live. And so by nature of it, it raises our stress level. Enter our new series we're diving into that 
It's talking about topics that will help us not just survive like the little title said, but hopefully survive this next month. And really, mindsets that if we'll lean into a little bit, will help us and empower us as we go into a new year. Today's insight comes from a fella that I believe he understood the difficulty of dealing with problems more than most and, and maintaining a level mindset in the midst of the crazy world that, that he was living in. Talk about stress in this fella's life. If you read his history, you understood he had stress. Maybe some that, that you and I will never understand this side of heaven. His name was John, and today we're going to look at what he has to say as we walk back into this series. So if you have a copy of God's Word, I want you to find John chapter 16. Go to John chapter 16, New Testament, fourth book in, right after Luke is the book of John. You know, friends, the, the truth is we all got this enemy called stress. In fact, I believe it, it's probably magnified just because of how far our society has come in the last 30 years. I mean, you can save 50, you can save 100, but, but just walk back with me 30 years. Y'all, 30 years ago, wasn't hardly anybody carrying around a cell phone. Can you believe that? That's not that long ago. 30 years ago, the internet wasn't even a thing. I've told my children quite often that when their mom and I went to college, neither of us had a computer or a cell phone. And they look at us like, I'm sorry, what wagon did you ride in on? But it's true, in text messaging, there was no text messaging. You went from point A to point B, and you talked before, and then you talked after. There was no talking in the middle. There was no bombardment all the time, all the time. No wonder our kids think that we're so archaic. Because in their world today, in this world today, everything's everywhere all the time, isn't it? You want to check the weather, you check it. You want to check your email, you check it. You want to check... A place to eat, you check it. You want to check the traffic, you check it. Just boom, 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 boom. You know, one of the things that, this is free, one of the things I think we can do to control our stress is to turn off the notifications on our phone. Y'all, that'll drive you nuts during the day. You, you have control of that. Truth is, especially today, there's no such thing as a stress-free life. Is, is not. Thank goodness, though, that's not the end. Life's everywhere all the time, but you know what? So is God's word, and so is God's truth. And just like we reach and grab our cell phone, it's sometimes even more than our purse or wallet, we can hang on to the truths of God's word, and they can be with us 24-7, and they can sustain us anytime we feel like we're about to be off kilter a little bit. Which may be why John wrote down what Jesus said when he said this. John chapter 16, look at verse 33. He said, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Everybody say peace. You will have suffering in this world. Your Bible may say in this world you will have trouble. But be courageous, I have conquered or overcome the world. I like how the amplified version of scripture unpacks this verse. Listen to what it says. In this world, you will have tribulation and trials, distress and frustration, but take courage, be confident, be certain and undaunted, for I have overcome it all. And I've deprived it of power to harm you. 
Isn't that something? This, this is Jesus speaking. Yeah, see, the, the key to overcoming stress is not simply eliminating all stress from our lives. Rather, it's learning to biblically manage the stress that we know we have. And so for just a moment today, I'm going to give us a couple of things to hopefully help do that. Because some stress is okay when you can control it, right? If you're working out and you got that, that weight bar, you, know, you never want to put so much on there you can't handle it. Some stress is okay. It's the tension that makes us grow. But stress becomes harmful and negative when it controls us. So to help us understand all this and in light of our scripture today, because of this crazy season that we're in, First, I want to give us some truths about stress, and, and then I want us to talk for a second about some tips on managing stress. By definition, stress that, that we're referring to is the pressure or tension exerted on something. And in this case, that something is <laughs> you and me, right? Or strain or tension resulting from adverse or very demanding circumstances. Said another way, Stress is what you and I feel when we become aware of the gap between our expectations and our reality, right? When we find ourselves in a circumstance and we realize or feel like that a situation demands more of us than what we've got, and we start getting, man, is it hot in here? We start thinking, well, what's going on? That, that's stress. It's, it's rising up in us. So first, I want to give you some truths about stress, three of them. You ready? Number one, not all stress is bad. E even if you're not musical, I demonstrate, but I'm afraid one of the band members would hit me with their guitar. Even if you're not musical, think about a guitar for a minute. It's the tension, the stress on that string that brings the instrument into tune. And you would know if one of their guitars were out of tune, trust me, they would know, but you surely would know because you'd hear it. It's, it's the tension. I mean, if, if all stress was bad, Jesus wouldn't have said what he said in that verse. But he did say it. Y'all saw it. In this world, you will have blank. The Greek word is philipsis. You know what it means? It means pressure. In this world, you're going to have some pressure. That's what he's saying here. You're going to have some pressure on you. Sometimes the pressure isn't on us, but it's on the people that we love, and that's almost more stressful, isn't it? Because we don't feel like we can control things. In this world, you're going to have some things that challenge you. You're, you're going to have some people that aggravate you. You're going to have some circumstances that are downright unfair to you. That's not the question. The question is like that guitar string. Are you going to allow that pressure, the stress, to bring out a finer tune in you? Will you trust your maker, like his word says, to, to work all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose? says Romans 8, 28. Here's the second truth about stress. The second one is that too much stress is harmful. 
too much tension on that guitar string, you ask an, an instrumentalist, they'll tell you, right? Sometimes they just don't feel like they get it. And then what happens? Yeah, you don't even have to play guitar to understand. You, you put too much tension on that guitar string, guess what happens? Boink! And then all of a sudden, there's no guitar. There's no music. There's no tune. Listen to this from the National Library of Medicine. Up to 80% of primary care visits right now have a stress-related component. Nearly half of all Americans reported an increase in psychological stress just in the past five years. 86% of those ages 30 to 39, 90% of those ages 40 to 49, mm -hmm, and 100% of those ages 50 to 64 received some sort of stress-related counsel from their primary care physician this past year. Y'all, we're getting hammered, and we don't know how to handle it. We don't know what to do anymore. And there's a lot of us that are turning into cheap ways to deal with our stress, whether it's drinking or avoiding it or sinking ourselves into it or playing a game or doing something. The thing is, when we're done with that, guess what? It's still there. It hadn't gone anywhere. It's why Jesus, what he in, inserted, what he did here, that in the midst of our pressure or our stress, what did he say we're to do? Take courage. Take heart. It, it means have confidence or, or firmness of purpose in the midst of wherever it is. Some of you played sports, and you know that sometimes... I mean, the truth is you, you lined up against an athlete on the court, on the field, whatever it was, and, and they were just stronger. <laughs> They're better than you. I mean, pound for pound, they had you, but you know what? You know what I talk to my kids about all the time? It's attitude versus athleticism because I've seen many a little kid whoop some big kid's hiney. <laughs> Not because of this, but because of this, even more. <laughs> because of this public service announcement my Aggies did that last night Ooh, come on that was free I just had to get that in there that's why I love and often turn to the words of Proverbs chapter 3 because it encompasses all areas of my life it says trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he'll make your paths straight. And just in case I'm questioning that, it applies it to all aspects of my life. You keep reading, it says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Don't just listen to yourself. Listen to the Lord. And this will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Physical healing can occur when we listen to God's word. Did you know that? And we apply it, we decide to believe it. Oh, but it keeps, keeps going, the Proverbs says, Proverbs 3, 9. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruit of all your crops. Yeah, even my finances will be affected in a positive way. And your barns will be overflowing, and your vats brim over with new wine. Which brings us to a third truth about stress. Here's the third one. 
that what we perceive to be stressful to us is. Have you ever noticed that? You look at somebody else's life and you think, there's no way I could do that. And they're thinking, what? But they're looking at some of the things that you deal with and they're going, how in the world do they survive that? I mean, no guitar in its right mind is laying around thinking, none of these. They're not thinking, man, I hope they crank it on me today. Boy, I hope they come up here and when they're getting ready, I hope the band just keeps turning that thing until I feel like I want to snap. No guitar does that. And you and I don't think that way either. Last week in the first message of this series, we talked about attitude. And how our attitudes are amazingly powerful. How they're the lens through which we see life. That that our attitudes, they determine our relationships with other people. They determine our capability of turning our problems into blessings. That our attitude is a choice, especially as Christ followers. Because it shapes so many things in our life. It's the choice, choice Jesus pointed out in that primary verse when he said, In me, you can have peace. In the world that you're in, all the things you got going on, you can have peace. You know what the little biblical word for peace here means? It means to set at one again. Yeah, right there in the midst of your problem, in the midst of your pain, right there in the midst of that perception, you can be set at one again. In the midst of your marriage, in that relationship with your child, in that struggle at work, you can be set at one again. See, biblical peace is not necessarily the absence of stress or conflict. It's the presence of Jesus, like he just said there, in the midst of it. Do you need that? I need it. Then let me give you some tips for managing stress. What they say makes sense. The hang-up is whether we actually apply them or not. Here's the first one. To remain in Christ. Don't abandon your faith when times are tough. John 15, 5, Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If a person remains in me and I in him or her... You'll bear much fruit because without me, you can do nothing. Settle in your heart that the first person that you got to hang out with and that you got to please in your life is the Lord Jesus Christ. He said it, Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things, those things will be added to you. Here's the second. We got to know God's purpose. If we're going to manage our stress. (laughs) Great verse Jesus said. He's talking to religious people and he said, even if I testify about myself, my testimony is true because I know where I came from and where I'm going. But, But you don't know where I've come from or where I'm going. See, his, his confidence, Jesus' confidence in his life was based first on whose he was and then upon 
what he was doing in his life. It's the same for you and me, y'all. We don't have to know what. Only that. God has a purpose and a plan for our life. You don't have to know what God's plan is. So many times, and especially in religious circles, we zoom in on that and we go, I just want to know what God's will is. You don't need to know what God's will is. Just know that he's got a will for you. And if you stay close to him, guess what? <laughs> like my kids walking through a busy shopping center. They don't know everything I'm about and what I'm trying to get, but if they'll hang with me, they'll figure it out. Come on, grab my hand, follow me, let's go. Hey, no, don't stop there, go this way. I think it's why Paul said what he did, Philippians 3. He said, not that I've already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that. He didn't tell us what it was. He just said, I'm, I'm trying to grab hold of it, for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I don't consider myself having taken hold of it yet. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what's ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. You see anywhere in that, Paul going, well, this week I'm going to go to that place. I'm going to talk to this person. And then the next week, I'm going to commit this to the Lord, and I expect him to do this. He doesn't say anything. There's no details. He's only saying that he's grabbing hold and hanging on and expecting God to get him there. Here's the third one, a little tip on managing stress. It's to know when to rest. When I was a young man, my wife and I had only been married not very long at all, and I'll never forget the night I woke up with chest pains on my left side. Some of y'all are like, what does that mean? Well, your heart is on this side, a little anatomy lesson. <laughs> and right then and there, I, I thought I was having a heart attack. And, and just to give you a peek behind the curtain, I, I had pretty good reason to think that. My grandfather, my dad's dad, you know, my, my genetic match... <laughs> He had a heart attack when he was 33. So the alarms are going off in my head. And it was an agonizing night. My wife slept through most of it. <laughs> That's good, honey. Take an Advil. But the next day, we scheduled an emergency visit with my primary care physician. And he checked my heart. Hmm. And he checked my legs, checked my arms, and he checked my tummy, and he checked just about everywhere and every test possible, only to sit me down at the end of that long examination, older fella. And he looked me in the eyes, and he said, Son, how's your stress these days? And I remember responding to him after all that, Do what? Come on, Doc. Stress. Suck it up, buttercup. That's where I come from. What do you mean, stress? Please. My dad was Army Airborne. You didn't have stress. You just blew through it. Oh, stress? Don't give me that. I want a pill. Two. But his demeanor didn't change. 
And I proceeded to tell him that, well, I'm married and pastoring and got a newborn. and Oh, I just officiated five funerals in the last eight days. And on and on and on, I just, he's asking questions. I was just kind of telling him about my life. I had issues. And thank goodness, that old kind professional was determined enough not just to point them out, but to help me see them for myself. It's something Jesus modeled for us. He said to them, Mark 6, 31, come away by yourselves to a remote place and watch the YouTube videos for four and a half hours. <laughs> Y'all. <laughs> and rest for a while. For many people were coming and going and they didn't even have time to what? Eat. It hit me hard. Maybe you as well. That sometimes I got to make myself parents. I got to make myself and those under my care. I got to make myself or them stop and unplug and rest. My boys are giving me the stink eye right now. But it's true. And you know what? That doctor visit many decades ago was life-altering for me. But you can ask my family, guess who tries to take a nap regularly? There's Jesus in that nap. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about watching something on the couch or watching the game because I'm engaged when I'm watching sports. That's not a nap. And my kids know, you'd ask them, nope, don't mess with dad, he's, he's out. Because I know when I'm on, I'm on. Which is the fourth tip here. Here's your last one, know how to pray. Not just the mechanics of it, but, but when to apply it. Make, make a habit, first of all, of keeping that personal time with the Lord. That's where you're going to fuel up. And get through the day. And it's amazing. Anybody ever had this happen? The very word that you read because you committed to that time in the morning, God used in your day over and over and over and over again. And you ran across people and you gave them that word. And you had a coworker talk about something and you went, boom, it's that word. But if you didn't take time for that fueling, guess what? Your light was on all day telling you you didn't stop. You're running out. You need more. Mark 135 says, very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up and he went out and he made his way into a deserted place. And there he was praying. But, but it's not just a personal time with, with the Lord. Then you carry it into your day and, and you utter those quick petitions and intercessions through the, through the day. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxiety or, or cares upon him because he cares for you. So there in the middle of your day, you're, you're constantly speaking big and little and everything in between. Lord, help me with this. Lord, I got to step into this big meeting. I need wisdom. Lord, help me say, don't say something I'd regret later. Lord, I need you to help me navigate this. 
And then you can have confidence that the move you make is the move he's going to use. Because when we do, when we practice that, a, a great exchange happens. And y'all, it's better than the Walmart return counter. You know, you can take anything back and they'll take it. You don't have a receipt, it's okay. There's this great exchange that happens when we come to God and we say, you know what, Lord, I've, I've got something that I want to give back because I don't need it. Or, or something was laid on me and, and I don't want to carry it around anymore. And just like at that store, you get to leave it there and, and walk away with a much lighter load. Anybody need that today? I have no doubt today that every single one of us in some capacity need to do a little exchange right now where we hand over or let go of whatever stress inducer that we've got and instead allow that peace that passes all understanding to guard our heart and our mind in Christ Jesus. So can I pray that over us today for just a moment? I'm going to ask you to just bow your head. Father, right here, right now, we need that great exchange. Forgive us for hanging on to what we shouldn't and, and not handing over to you what we should. Lord, I pray for the person here who needs to realize that, that not all the stress in their life is a bad thing, that in fact you're using some of that tension to bring about the necessary change in them. Help them to remember that even as they persevere through it. Lord, for the person who just has too much stress and it's harming them physically, mentally, relationally, emotionally, even spiritually, God, I'm asking right now that you set them free and you help them see even more. Help them stop and schedule the rest that they so desperately need. Finally, Lord, for the person who needs a change of perspective, so that what they perceive to be stressful can be viewed differently. That in you they can have peace amidst their circumstances and even affect others in a positive way because of it. Lord, I'm asking that you set them at one again. Like your word just taught us. In Jesus' name. right now while you stay in a posture of prayer for just a moment. Nobody looking around with your head bowed. Maybe the answer for you is something larger. Something bigger than just me praying for you. It's, it's in fact you praying to the Lord and you asking Him the very first time in your life to, to exert his power in your life to, to give him your heart and, and surrender control of your life that's not an easy thing for us to do surrender control of your life over to him you need God's peace and you're ready to receive it 
you need him to be God and, and you know you're ready to follow him. You want things to be right and you're ready to take the steps to make it so. If that's you, then on the count of three, I, I'm just going to ask you to be bold and raise your hand. Nobody's looking. Nobody's going to embarrass you. This is a moment between you and a God who loves you more than anybody else in your life. If you're ready to take that step and say, God, I, I just need you to be in charge and, and take over my life. Then on the count of three, I, just raise your hand so I can see it. You ready? One, two, three. I see you. Thank you. I see you. Thank you. Anybody else? You're not the only one on the road. And more importantly than me seeing you, God sees you. So if you just raise your hand, I'm going to do something with you. I'm going to lead you in a very simple prayer that you can pray in your heart to God and know that he'll hear you. And in recognition of these who are doing this for the very first time, I'm going to ask us all to join, this, join in praying this prayer together out loud as you're comfortable doing so. From your heart, your voice to God, pray this. Dear Lord, I come to you now and I ask you to take control of my life. Forgive me for what I've done. Forgive me for how I've been. I believe you are God. I believe what your word says. And I commit to follow you today. Please help me live the type of life you want. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this message. You can stay connected with us at Vintage.Church or on Facebook by searching Vintage Church TX. At Vintage, we believe church is more than a place or a weekend activity. It's a spiritual family where Jesus is the center of our lives personally and our relationships collectively. If you're in the Liberty Hill area, we would love to have you join us this week. You can learn more about us, our service time, and plan your visit by visiting Vintage.Church slash Liberty Hill. We hope to see you soon.